It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Three of four on this homestand, you guys win your first four back. How huge is that with the road trip ahead with the game in Boston and so on and so forth? It was good. We just want to get back to winning. You hear the guy with this? We just trying to get back to winning, get back doing the things that's going to help us win and build. Well, Cuffhead over there, Cuffhead, all he want to do is talk jump, and he always fouling. So. All right, welcome back to another edition of the Locked on Wizards podcast. We have got a wild game to discuss and something of an interesting locker room scene to get into, which is you just heard a little bit there. We'll get to that in one second. Ben Standing here along with Todd Divers from the Washington Times. Uh, I'll, 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 we're both wearing seatbelts, I think, Todd, where we should wear seatbelts because that game was all over the place. Uh, but just to go back to those uh, that, that, that soundbite, the first was Boogie Cousins being asked by somebody for the umpteenth time whether he's thinking at all about playing with John Wall, and you heard his answer of not thinking about it at all. Five minutes later, we're in the Wizards' locker room. John Wall is being asked what you just heard about, winning three out of four in this road trip, and all of a sudden you hear this, psst, psst, and we look over, and there's a huge man, Boogie Cousin, standing in the in the doorway, right. and uh, Wall's like talking, saying, and, and then, I don't know if you could hear, but he said, you, you better be talking nice about me. Right. Uh, so that was the dynamic that was going on there. So that, that was right after Wall said that Cousins talks the most junk in the entire league. <laughs> yes, it Cousins was. Cousins shows up in the doorway and is going pss, pss, um, with his arm around a wizard staffer who, who handles a lot of um, the off-court stuff that's team-involved off-court stuff and has worked with John Wall for a long time since since Wall has been here. And, and you know what? Let's start with that. We'll, we'll get to the game. Wizards win 116-106. Crazy game. They go up 25, the game comes back tied, and then they go back up 23 before winning by 10. Uh, yeah, but they won. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Let, let, let's talk about this. We've joked about this a million times. We've talked about this on somewhat. This whole Boogie Cousins, for, uh, you know, Kevin Durant went away. Now it's all about Boogie Cousins for the most part. And look, there's honest to goodness reasons why people would be excited about it. The Wizards don't have a dynamic big man. He clearly is that. I mean, even in a game in which... He didn't seem like he played that great. He went for right. 26 and 13. Uh, of course, Todd played well tonight, too. We should, should not leave that in the dust. He played very well. Kind of exploited what Boogie doesn't do well, which is effort. Well, um, well, and ran him up the floor. And and, and that's what I want to, 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 to get to. I guess I should say I get told sometimes that I don't do the proper introduction. Do it. You can find all the podcasts on iTunes. You can find Todd. At the Washington Times website, or if you have a physical newspaper, I guess you could do that too. 
Jeez, that, that yeah, you could. Yep. I hadn't even thought about that. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Ben Standing, and I will write something for NBCWashington.com about this Wizards team later tonight. Uh, okay, so Boogie Cousins. So, again, you get the idea why people would, would, would be fascinated with him. The, the concept of what it would cost for the Wizards, for a guy who's going to be a free agent this offseason, is largely a reason why I think the two of us are skeptical. A primary reason as to why, because if you're going to give up whatever it is, Otto Porter, Kelly Ray, a first-round pick, combination of all that, along with one, probably Gortat, that's a lot to give up for a guy you don't know for sure is going to come back. The right. entire premise, why everybody thinks he would stay, is because of that relationship we just played right there, that he and John Wall are tight in Kentucky, and therefore it's people like to think, oh, well, John, he's going to stay. Of course he wants to play with John Wall. Who knows? John Wall said many times he's not thinking about it either. It'd be cool if it happened, but he's not Yeah, I think this it. is a, a, a common thread in the league, especially if you played with a guy in college, or especially, especially if you played with another guy in college at a course at another level you would want to play together. It's the same concept coming out of high school. Like, are we going to go play in this same place together if we're two good players? And um, we... I feel like it was completely overblown in the past, and I felt like there were much better chances of something happening when Cousins was in Sacramento because his future was so uncertain. There was obviously a longer length on the contract, but also at that point, the last time this came up, Wall had not signed a Supermax to stay here, so there is nowhere else for it to possibly happen except in Washington with the team that's already over the luxury tax and is doing all these little nickel-dime things at the back end of the roster to track back and minimize the damage of being over the luxury tax. Um, And so to acquire Cousins, as you said, for a brief period of time, cross your fingers that he would eventually resign here and to have the cap space to even make that an idea or make that even possible – um, are massively dramatic things, massive what-ifs, um, and just <laughs> an enormous risk. And then to what end? If, you, if you're giving up Bottle Porter, you're breaking – so you're taking out from your starting unit and you're adding Cousins and you have a plus there, right? So you would probably – if it was Otto Porter, it would be two starters that you would give up for Cousins, presumably, right? It would be Otto and Gortat. And then – so you have to replace Otto Porter. So whoever you place Otto Porter with, you take a step back there. And then obviously with Cousins, you get a lot more offense than you would normally from Gortat. Um, so you take a step forward there. So ultimately, where are you at the end when you're trying to deal with LeBron and company? Well, well let's even take it to a different step because you're right. Everything you just said is true. We've talked about that. The, the issue is that everybody seems to just assume it will be awesome. Forget what the content, what the, what you give up, that he will be awesome here because, the, oh, he, he will play great with John Wall because, of course, John Wall has the boogie power and he will channel boogie. So we watched him play tonight, and it's one of 82, and again, he put up good numbers. But when you watch, I, a couple things. One, I looked it up pregame. Despite the fact that he's putting up insane numbers, and despite the fact that Anthony Davis, who, by the way, went for 37 points tonight, puts up some insane numbers, when the, the Pelicans plus minus... Uh, or sorry, with their net rating when Boogie Cousins is on the court is negative. When he's off the court, it's positive. With Davis, it's co- completely flipped at even a bigger margin. They're much better when he's on the court uh, and worse when he's off. 
So that is something to consider over, you know, 30 games here for them. It's not surprising to right. me, really. Um, well, and then I'm saying, so then you watch him play. And look, again, all kinds of talent. Nobody's going to argue that. He's arguably the best center in the NBA, offensively at least. But the, you, you just watch him go up and down the court. Uh, he, he said after the game that they, they co- the Pelicans collectively had no effort defensively. And that's why they got basically blown out. Okay, but you know what? I would yeah. put him on the all hustle team, watching him sort no, of saunter back and was forth. Terrible. Right, and you said to me at one point that like you know, or you tweeted out at one point, can't quantify it, but he might be the worst uh, screen setter in, in the league. Uh, I believe at, at shoot around today, I didn't look this up myself, but uh, Kara Lawson was saying that she noticed that Boogie Cousins he averages over five assists a game, and yet averages more turnovers than assists. We were wondering, has that ever happened? If you're averaging that many assists, averaging more turnovers. So it isn't like some clean player. I said to some, to a colleague earlier who, who who likes to come up with trade ideas. If you tell me we can all the trades you can do that you want to come for Boogie, but you can get Anthony Davis, I'll take the risk. Sure. I'll take oh, the yeah. risk that Anthony Davis might stay because that guy is maybe the player that you would pick to start any franchise with. Boogie Cousins is really good. There's a lot of downside that comes with it, and I think you know today was an example of of, of some of that. Yeah. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And some of the weird structure things that we see in New Orleans would kind of happen here because Cousins brings the ball up the court there. And so is he a good, A, is he a good running partner with Wall for a team that wants to play fast? B, does his usage, how much does his usage affect their ability to move the ball, which they've been doing better lately and constantly want to do? And just... Watching the New Orleans offense, despite all the points that they're scoring, they have $131 million sunk into Drew Holiday, and he stands in the corner because Cousins and Davis handle the ball so much. So individually, their basic lines are impressive, as you reference. But then there's the net rating conundrum, and then there's the trickle-down of them handling the ball so much because they are unique big guys. And how, how does that take your other guys out of the flow of the offense, the flow of the game on a whole. I mean, Drew Holiday, what, what, they got a Drew Holiday tonight and how he was used, they might as well be paying him $2 million annually because that was kind of the role he was in. He never dominated the ball. They didn't really run anything for him. He's just standing in the corner watching Cousins and Anthony Davis play, and you're wondering, what are you doing with your cap space to do that and – so I would definitely say this. From watching them a couple games prior and watching them in person tonight, despite the hefty numbers for each guy individually, this is not working in New Orleans. They're 15 and 16 now. They're going to be able to score a lot. Their defense is never going to be good, and there's going to be no just kind of flow in the whole thing. Um, and I'd be stunned if he's there after February 8th trade, trade deadline. Yeah, I was I was super tempted. The question I was going to ask, I wanted to ask some point today to somebody was, 
I sort of asked at the wall, kind of, but basically, does this church, does the fact that you're potentially there's something of a, a ticking clock for you guys to get this done. If you don't get this going in the next 20 games, you might be traded. And how does that weigh on your mind? He wasn't really in a happy mood. I put the video up of him when he got asked that question up on my Twitter. Mm-hmm. He didn't look like a guy who wanted me to ask that question, so I kind of decided not to. Um, but he, So here's the other thing. You, you mentioned sort of Drew Holiday standing in a corner. Let, let's, let's look at some big threes in recent years. The Miami Heat, of course, had LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh. What was Chris Bosh? What did Chris Bosh have to do? Despite being an all-star, he was basically like, look, man, you're the guy who has to give it up. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to do the dirty work. You have to give up some shots, whatever. Kevin Love goes to Cleveland. He's playing with LeBron and Kyrie. Hey, Kevin Love, you're going to have to give it up a little bit. And now, you're going to have to play well in the, without getting the ball all the time anymore. Right, you're all gonna those ha- things you're accustomed to, you're right. not going to be doing those anymore, but we still expect the same efficiency, if not better. Right. So, you know, again, it, it, who knows what would happen, but now you're telling me you're going to have, you know, it, again, you probably would have, I don't know, what, whatever you're going to give up, Otto Porter or something. You have Wall, you have Beal, and Cousins. Which of those three guys is going to go sort of stand in a corner like you're saying? It's not going to be John Wall. He's the one with the ball. So what are you going to do? Bradley Beal? Hey, Bradley Beal, guess what? I know we just paid you a lot of money, and you're our leading scorer, and you're great. Uh, Yeah, so we just got that guy. So now you have to be the defensive guy, and you have to give – no, that's not going to happen. It would have to probably come to Boogie Cousins. To now be the guy, your focus is primarily going to be the screen setter. You got to get the rebounds, and yeah, you get shots, but just not as many. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that going to go over well? I don't know. And by the way, you would have to do this in a year in which you're becoming a free agent. I mean, I don't know if that's you know where's his head out there. You'd also have to do this on the fly. At least with Chris Bosh and Kevin Love, you had the whole season to work this out. In this case, you'd have to figure this out in two months. That seems unlikely. So, uh, look, if they can figure something out. In which you don't have to give up Otto, and you want to take. If you tell me it's going to be Ubre and Gortat, maybe a first-round pick. Uh, I don't know. Let's just even say they can. You know, the owner is willing to go way over the luxury tax, whatever it take. I don't know. Maybe I'd say roll the dice. I don't know because I do think this team needs to do something. I don't. Based on that game we saw with Cleveland, I don't think they have enough as we're seeing it right now. But I, I just watching Boogie Cousins in person, all, it's very interesting. It'd be a lot of fun for us. Uh, there's no argument about that. But I, I just can't see how it makes it work. I would say that, like, even though I'm not a big DeAndre Jordan fan, he would make more sense because he doesn't demand the ball. It just is a matter of he's getting lobs at the rim, plays defense. That would work. I just wouldn't necessarily want to give up what the cost will probably be to get a guy who's also in the end of uh, uh, his contract. Yeah. No, I agree. It's it, there's nothing to me. There's nothing clean about it, and I, and um, I don't know if you go for that massive desperation shot this season as well. You know, we've talked in the past about how the Celtics waited and waited, and um, now they seem that you know they have Tatum and Jalen Brown, and they got Kyrie, and then obviously if Hayward wasn't hurt, they would have him and Horford. And then some other young guys on the bench, and it seems like they finally turned over their assets into something. They never took a big swing prior, um, right or wrong, but just they waited it out. So I don't know. On top of all of that, considering the specific person, I don't know if right now is also the time to take that larger risk. If you had a lot more certainty, even even at least another year on the deal, then sure. 
Sure. Let let you should get something done because John and Brad are not getting any younger, and you need to optimize when they're here. So, right. and, and this is also all two things. There. It's also after you just gave up the first round pick for two months of Boyan Bogdanovich. I mean, it's not to say you can't do it again, but you just did that, and you're you know to give right. up but another first round right. pick. At least when they did it with Marquise Morris, they will have kept him for several years. Sure. Gortat, they he was he also he, well one that got up for the whole year. And then they kept them. So he, I mean, right. so be, you can't both of those deals, regardless of whether you would trade the picks, they kept those guys for several years. Yep, started productive starters. Right, right, right. So that's all completely different. But two years in a row, giving it up for a guy who may not be here. And if you all want to take the risk that John Wall's got the magic touch and will keep him, no matter what, God bless you. I, I can't, I, I can't do it. But even beyond that, like I said, just watching Boogie Cousins tonight, I just have a lot of questions to how it would actually uh, work. Um, let's talk about the game. For a second, seems like it would make sense. Uh, you know, we probably do. I probably do too much like recapping of the game. We say people don't want to read recaps. Yeah, I go recap it here, so maybe we shouldn't do it too much. But uh, Wizards, the, the, I think the good the good news here was this: John Wall looked like the John Wall we've been waiting for in the first quarter, in particular. Scott Brooks pregame said he thinks Wall's ready to go in terms of full court speed and all that, and we saw that first quarter. He get fourteen and six. Didn't actually finish with much more than that, but that got them going, and even though the Pelicans went it from down 25 to tied, it was weird. There was a lot of fouls. They had an 18 to 18 0 run, 16, 16 points on free throws. Right. It didn't. I mean, so while that was weird, Anthony Davis was killing them. It didn't feel like the Wizards had had a big letdown relative to some of these other things. And so I was, I kind of was expecting them to get it going in, and they did in a big way. Uh, so from that perspective, you know, they got the win. It was a weird. And all that. I just think the biggest takeaway, beyond anything else, was that John Wall looked the part. They were running, and he's off his minutes restriction. He said he was told this morning just go play, and there's no restrictions. So that's good for him. I should note Otto Porter uh, missed his second uh, game in a row. So uh, we we don't know what that. At least they're off now for a few days. Third or second? Uh, Second, right? He got hurt in the. Game before he got hurt in the Clippers game, he played like three minutes. Oh, okay. I think that was right. Who knows? He's missed three games on the year. Um, I believe the NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So anyway, so, so that was that. I mean, I, you know, lots of things happened. Mike Scott's still insane, 11 or 15 from the right. field. Bradley Beal had 26 points. Uh, Gortat had a really good game, 10 and 14. So it was a lot of good stuff to like, but I think ultimately for me, John Wall... It's all going to, you know, he's got to play better, obviously. And he really hasn't played that great all year, relatively speaking, right. to his normal level. So it was a good sign that at least he got going, um, you know, on that front. Yeah. Um, at some point, they have to get every we, – we keep saying this. It's going to sound like we're just recording the re, – or rerunning the a prior podcast. But at some point, all those guys have to get it going together. This Mike Scott thing is not going to last forever. Um, the bench – uh, you know, was playing well, and when Porter comes back, you would expect them to kind of be back into the rotations that they were before he got hurt. And Markeith Morris, John Wall, 
they need to play better. Beal needs to shoot better from three. He had a much better night tonight than he had recently. Um, I saw some stats the other day that showed Beal among the league, league leaders in missed shots so far. He's right up there with like James Harden and Lillard. And so it just speaks to the volume of shots he's taking this year and his drop in efficiency, um, which is probably something that goes hand in hand. So you'd like to see some more efficiency from him. And obviously having a wall on the floor could very well lead to a greater efficiency for everybody. I just want to, I, I expect the Christmas day game, you know, Hopefully that kind of brings us back to the level of play that we were watching last year. Not because I care about any outcome for the Wizards. It just it feels like they have not been at that point. Obviously, their record reflects that. And we see big leads that go away. And then tonight we saw a big lead that went away. And then another big lead reconstructed. And finally, a team forced to take out its starters because they're like, all right, this isn't going to work with about four minutes to go. And they waved the white flag and, and moved on. So, yeah, I mean, the, yeah, uh, the, the record thing is weird. They act, they have a better record at this point than it did a year ago. But if you look at their actual run of from last year to like 10, 10, 11 games out before the, for the 31 game mark, they were had way more momentum to this point. So even though the record was worse, we already were seeing signs of, oh, they're actually winning 8 of 11 or whatever it was. Right. Whereas this team, okay, they won today, but they've been win one, lose one, win one, lose one. And so until they get to the next game, you know, I'm not, none of us are convinced that they're going to break out of this. And, uh, you know, like you just said, they're, they're, they're up and down um, all over the place. Despite all the, a lot of their underlying things suggesting that their record should be significantly better, um, their underlying stuff kind of hints at the better teams and, that they have something in common with the better teams in the league, yet here they are, just 17 of 14 after winning tonight. Uh, all that is true. Uh, I did a what-if podcast yesterday. You had an idea that for some we should talk about. Do you want to get into that or no? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> Depends on what the idea was. No, I'm just teasing. I did I did do a what-if what Wizards podcast with Adam Rubin uh, this week. You should check that out. That's like sort of an evergreen podcast, all kinds of – history uh stuff or you know that, that, that was it's all fun cheery one. right some of it was i mean look yeah. some of it was like hey you know what we always talk about well what if they had done this instead of that you know what if they'd gotten the number two pick in 2010 instead of number one pick two was still better than where they were projected at five but that would have meant evan turner instead of john wall and imagine how the world looks sure. uh at that point uh there's probably not a locked on wizards podcast it's more like uh mm-hmm. good lord dc sports is yes. a disaster podcast um, so yeah, so I don't know, I've got other things I want to discuss, but I think I need to save some, uh, bullets here for the next couple of days while we've got, uh, not much, uh, else going on. Um, I, I guess let's, uh, I don't know, wrap it up on, on, on this, the Boogie Cousins thing. Percentage chance he and John Wall ever play together? 5%. I, I, I will say this, even though everybody wants to trade for him. There is, I think, I can make an argument they would actually be better off just waiting, right? If, if if he becomes a free agent, they might automatically become the destination. Now you wouldn't, I mean, I'm not saying punt this season by any stretch, but if they, you know, if they actually were to get healthy this year, which is not been close to that yet, but if they actually get healthy, if the bench can maintain the level that they had for the last 10 or so games before Otto's kind of messed up the rotation, 
the, the, the they won 49 games last year with an atrocious bench. If they had these starters injuries this year, they would have won 20 games last year. Uh, so if, you know, so if a quick note about that: last year the starters missed 17 games combined through 30 games. So coming into tonight, the starters have missed 21 games already this season combined. Okay. Um, the uh, so anyway, so I'm saying so just I'm not you know look I'm not saying this group as is will beat Cleveland or Boston. I'm just saying they, they got a chance. They can make some subtle moves. You know, you can trade your first round pick. You know, you got some assets. I mean, Ubre, Morris, Gortat. It's possible to do something. You just want to go all in. But if you wait till the off season, Boogie actually wants to play with John Wall. Well, now at that point, if you do, okay, well, now maybe we do. We have to unload Otto Porter or something. Well, that's a completely different story. Now you can do it in the context of what we have free agency. Maybe we can trade him, but then we can do something else. Like a couple years ago when they got Jared Dudley, not saying him, but they got him for literally nothing because Milwaukee had to get rid of stuff. So, I mean, you can come up with you have more options mm-hmm. doing it now. And you have more evidence about what you actually are without him. Right. And tonight wasn't a good example. And you have Gortat down to one year. Right, right. And even Mahimi at two years is sure. not as daunting as what it is. Um, and, you know, like right now, if you actually were to do auto for Boogie straight up, let's just say it all worked out. We see here when Kelly Oubre, they have no backup small forward when he for them. So you can, in the offseason, you can actually do something about that. Right now, you're kind of screwed. I mean, yeah, you could pick up some dude who's coming over back from China or something like that, or the Brandon Jennings buyout guy. You know, that that, that level, <laughs> as Todd gets a shakes, that level of player <laughs> – but you know, I'm just saying, it's, it doesn't have to be now. He could and wait, and if you wait, it actually could be better for the Wizards because you could probably get more stuff than you would doing it now. Yeah, that, that is a sound argument. Um, so I find myself in agreement with your concept, which always makes me nervous. Oh, just embrace it. Just embrace the smart, man. Just embrace the smart. Uh all right. Well, I say we can get out of here on that. Uh, any uh, final thoughts for you or anything you would like to tell the world about, promote? It doesn't have to be about the Wizards. You got anything else on your mind you'd like to uh, discuss? Had my teeth cleaned today. That's about it. That was the exciting part of my day. Any cavities or just... Uh... No, man. Mom was a dental hygienist, so we, we don't roll with cavities. You're, you're a flosser? We were, yeah, we were getting... We were getting toothbrushes in the Christmas stocking. Your mom was a hygienist. Did she, when did you go to that dentist where she worked and did she clean your teeth? Yes, sir. Wow. How's the, how's that? Is that, is that kind of interesting? I've never had my mother clean my teeth <laughs> before. You know, moms do a lot of stuff for you, but I never That's had that. Never, never, never had that one. Uh, it was less expensive. Sure. I didn't worry about my insurance, grappling with my insurance about whether they would pay for the bite wing x-rays that everybody has to have. And, then they pull their stunts in order to not pay for your health care at all costs because they're criminal organizations. <laughs> you were able to avoid that facet of the process. By the way, Ian Clark, I forgot about him, 0 for 4, 17 minutes. He was one of those guys where I was like, hey, you know, where people were, I buy too. too. Well, hey, too. maybe uh, he, you know, get him instead of Jody Meeks, who did 1 for 4. So. <laughs> <laughs> in your face. Yeah, and they played literally, they played exactly the same amount of minutes. And uh, yeah, so the battle of the of those guys. Um, all right. Well, let's end on that note. Thank you to uh, Todd Dibus. Thanks to you guys for listening. Uh, back with more podcasts this week, Wizards, off until Friday, but we will uh, keep the party going. So until next time, see ya. Neal gets open for three. Dagger! Bobby Tye, Hawks, 